Welcome once again to Running the Bases. I'm your host, Tucker Wells, joined as always by Coach Jordan Bounds. Coach, it's the damn Cardinals again. I, I don't want to talk about it. I think I'm not allowed <laughs> to cuss on this show. Yeah, I know. I mean, you know, there's certain words you definitely have to refrain from, so we'll keep it that way. But man, you know, um, as far as the week that was in the postseason, isn't it kind of ironic and interesting that teams with role players are beating the teams of superstars? You know, Detroit has three Cy Youngs going in a row, and they don't win a single game. I, I, I don't even want to look at it that way. I'm so overjoyed with the teams that are representing the American League yeah. in the LCS. That, that's wonderful. I'm so depressed about the teams that are representing the National League. You know, uh, It's the same, too. The, the, they just uh, alternate every year. So we'll stick to the no, American. The Cardinals are always there. Believe me, the Cardinals are always there. I know. I agree entirely. But in the last four years, five years now, it's been exactly one of those two. It's, I mean, it's even worse than, than hyperbole. So, but yeah, in the there has got to be some religious zealot somewhere that is trying to sell the fact that the Cardinals have had the success they have because Branch Rickey was such a religious zealot himself. Really? Yeah, yeah. It has to be. I'm going to go with that. In fact, we're going to mark that down right now. Um, but let's look at the American League. You have uh, Buck Showalter. Um, this really feels like his moment. It's hard to it's hard to pick between the two, the Royals and the uh, Orioles, whose moment it is more. But I'd have to. I'm 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 going with Showalter and the and the Orioles to the World Series. But how about all the small ball though? That's, I you know. I would. Um, I I'm happy with. Either team going to the World Series. Uh, Showalter has done a wonderful job. Um, and I mean, shoot, Yost has got his team in the LCS. He's done a wonderful job. Uh, you you don't get that far without being good. Uh, I, uh, I think both managers are somewhat egocentric. Uh, Although the smiles on Showalter's face when his team went out to celebrate their win, uh, that threw everything aside to me. Uh, I'm on Showalter's uh, and behind the Orioles, and I have been pretty much all season. I mean, you know, um, they're a fun team to watch. Kansas City's a fun team to watch, too. I, I Both of them. Now, I'm, I'm really happy for both uh, cities, uh, organizations, baseball, you know, everything. It's a good thing. Absolutely. Um, as far as managing goes in the National League, what do you think of, how do you grade Matt Williams' job in the uh, in the NLDS? He's getting uh, ripped apart left and right. Seemingly. He's getting ripped apart left and right, uh, but his team didn't play as well. I mean, uh, that would be like, ripping apart Bobby in 91 and 92 and, you know, 96 and different years where uh, they probably were the better team and they didn't get there. Yeah. I mean, it it bears repeating that you have the Angels with all their star power and free agents plus Mike Trout at the top of it. You have the Tigers with all their star power. You have the Dodgers. Tigers are probably through. 
You know, I have I have a, a sad feeling that that is the case. It, I mean, I, their owner, you can't doubt that that owner will go spend money. Um, but, but he's 200 years old himself, you know, and and in failing health at this moment in time. And uh, yeah, I mean, they're, um, you know, I, I don't know. I, it's too bad. I think they got to make major changes now. And just because they wouldn't go out and get a bullpen, which is the easiest thing to acquire. Yeah, I agree. And it's amazing almost. It, it, it's literally amazing how awful their bullpen has been for consistent, like the last four years running. It's been their uh, Achilles heel. And, it, and, 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 you know, they do try, you know, getting Joe Nathan as a closer. I'm sure they didn't think Finally, that, that was... this year, but they should have gotten a Joe Nathan earlier than this. Competent bullpen pitchers are one or two million dollars a year. They're mm-hmm. all over the place. People that can throw you know, a hundred for, you know, 15 pitches. Uh, you can find those everywhere. And, uh, hence Hank or Frank Wren's, uh, minimal success, you know, is going out and finding these guys, but you know, I don't know. What do you attribute to Jabba Chamberlain? I mean, th- this is a fun note. He had a 108 ERA <laughs> this postseason. That's kind of incredible. That might as well just be, a uh, infinity. Uh, what happened to him? Uh, he was overblown being a Yankee. Yeah. Um, do you think that he was coddled too much? That they didn't they they didn't let him off the leash early enough, and so coddled? Thus, no, he didn't piss him. Well, up. you remember not that long ago, he, we had the Jabba rules on the Yankees. You know, wouldn't pitch in back to back days, and all this. You know. They really over over took care of him. It seemed like because they were convinced no, no. he was going to take Jabba over. Jabba Chamberlain's faults this year were the faults of the Tigers, not the Yankees. You can't blame uh, the Yankees for his failures this year. Yeah. Well, other another team that is going to have some fairly sweeping changes, uh, at least in the lineup, is the Dodgers. You know, now that they're out of it, a do you think Mattingly comes back? And b you know, Hanley Ramirez back, and uh, you know they are going to have Brian Wilson back. So there's, you know, I don't know if that uh, matters much anymore. But I I ha- I don't I'm not really concerned that much with the fate of the Dodgers. I think that. Uh, Hanley Ramirez is destined to be a Yankee uh, somehow or another. Uh, what uh, an inappropriate substitute for Derek Jeter. Oh, yeah. Uh, the, um, as far, I mean, we've already seen that Beckett today said that he's probably going to retire the ripe old age of like 32 or something. <laughs> uh, the uh, Maddenly may get fired, but a lot of managers grow into their job, and Maddenly is perhaps capable of that. I He has not done a particularly good job as a manager, but he hasn't done that much of a bad... He's, he's been a, in a very unfortunate situation. Agreed. Um, what do you make, though, and then we'll get to our topic for the evening, what do you make of Kershaw's failures in the postseason the last two years? I don't see them as failures. I mean, his failure uh, last night, I mean, he was pitching on short rest. He's got a one-hitter into the seventh inning. That seems to me to be like 
pretty much right on. Uh, pitching on short rest, and you've got a one-hitter in the seventh inning. How in the world are you failing? The problem with Don Mattingly, the problem with the Dodgers, is a absence of bullpen ability to get them to from the starter to the closer. They have a pretty good closer, but in between, they were incredibly weak for a $250 grillion team. Well, agreed, but you know, you still you have to think about the fact that, you know, okay, okay so yeah, he's pitching on three days rest yesterday. Um, but in game one, you know, this, this guy... He pitched great through seven innings. He did pitch great through, but what happened in the seventh inning, is that uh, just, um, uh, I don't know, is that just because the Cardinals are the Cardinals and they have them figured no, out? I mean, well, he got touched up for seven of, runs. Part of that was like, you let your big stud go a little bit longer than you do uh, your number three starter. Uh, and he gets touched up. For, I mean, he lost it there in the seventh, but, yeah. uh, and, and it is, I'll, I'll just, I'll admit it's unfair to, to call it a failure. That was a, that was a gross overstatement after essentially, yeah, just one bad inning. One. Yeah. I mean, he went, he went deep into the game. He went, it, had he gone out the inning beforehand, it would have been a quality start with no runs. Yeah, and uh, sixteen in a row retired. So yeah, I yeah. mean, so yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, so he he got tired at the end. You stay with him a little bit longer because he is Kershaw, you know. But I don't know. Pitchers aren't conditioned to go that far anymore, and particularly on short days, rest and stuff. You know, he's no Fergie Jenkins. <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. Well, before we get to our main topic, I want to say again uh, to tell you about Bees Bistro at 6010 Sandy Springs Circle in the heart of Sandy Springs, just outside of Atlanta, Georgia. Proud sponsor of Running the Bases. Go check them out. Great menu, great bar, uh, open till 10, Monday through Saturday, but closed on Sunday. Um, and easy to get to without going on Russell Road. Coming up, you know, a lot of different ways you can get there. Yeah, you can get there, you know, and circumvent the traffic. So if you're in Atlanta, come check it out. So. Um, so we're talking, you know, we seem to be, um, definitely in, in a, in a new era of the pitcher again, or the cycle has gone back in that direction. Um, but, uh, you know, the steroid era is, is just behind us, the, 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 the breadth of it. Um, and yet the, the, the mass of hitting that we saw, um, with all of these juiced up players kind of pales in comparison to the twenties and specifically 1930, when the ball was juiced. So um, the, the what brought about the end of the dead ball era? Um, well, specifically, on August the 16th, 1920, uh, on a somewhat cloudy day, uh, Yankee pitcher Carl Mays, who I've heard referred to by two different people as uh, disagreeable, as a disagreeable personality, uh, and I'm not exactly sure what that means. Carl <laughs> Mays uh, hit Ray Chapman in the temple and killed him. Uh, and you're laughing? A man died. I'm still laughing after. about the disagreeable personality well, and okay, what all that could I, mean. I'm no, I'm not, I'm not right, laughing but, at the death of a uh, man. There is no event in baseball history that changed the game as much as that one specific moment. Uh, in 1920, Babe Ruth hit more home runs than any team 
in the major leagues. Uh, but on August the 16th, when Ray Chapman was hit in the temple and he died within 24 hours, uh, that the home run hitter was born, not when Babe Ruth came onto the game. But prior to that event, there would be three, maybe four baseballs used throughout the entirety of the game. And they could be spit on. I mean, there was the emery ball, the spit ball, the tobacco juice ball, the, uh, I mean, every kind of ball you could imagine. The, uh, the responsibility of the pitcher was to sit and dirty up the ball and make it dark. And if there was a dent in that ball, you use that dent in the ball. Um, and balls at that time, uh, these loosely stitched, dented, juiced-up balls move like wiffle balls. Um, incredibly difficult to hit. But, was but it- from that moment on, as soon as Ray Chapman was killed by the baseball, uh, Judge Landis puts down a decree that no dirty balls are to be used in a game. Essentially, the Emory ball, the spitball, all of these balls are outlawed. And we go from... Three to four from 55 to 60 get balls being used in a game. Uh, the balls are more tightly wound. Uh, and we go from, in 1921, there are more than two times the home runs that there were hit in 1919. I mean, it, it doubles overnight, boom. Uh, and the dead ball is gone. Um, what, I, I don't have the number in front of me. How many baseballs are used in a game today? Today, about 60. About 60? Mm-hmm. Uh, I won't, I felt like one time I heard it was about a hundred, but, um, it could be, I mean, you know, certain games, certain games. Uh, uh well, I, I do know that the home plate umpire has 60 balls rubbed down with this specific dirt from yeah. Delaware and stuff yeah. uh, before each game. There that's could, an amazing thing to me still. Oh, I, yeah, but so cool. That's like that's yep. one of the greatest things about baseball. Yeah, it's the special mud from Delaware. And that's right. Nobody else can get to it. It's uh, like holy right. grail type stuff. That's right. Well, how much is the baseball itself change? I mean, it, so it goes undergoes this huge change from 1920 to 1921. How much has it changed since then? You know, I mean, the, the ball that we use today with the rubber core and the twine around it and then the horse hide, I mean, you know, first of it, all, I guess, it, what, what what was it made up of before 1921 um, and then after? And then how much has it changed? How much has the baseball itself changed since 21? It hasn't changed as much as it is the resistance to use dented and abused baseballs when i was young i i, I played three fields and i mean you know there would be four or five of us in the neighborhood and we went down to a what was somewhat of a ball field and we would play different uh, abbreviated games and stuff and we like you know, Doug's got a ball, all right, you know, and it was like, <laughs> uh, it was dented it really deep on one side and stuff, and it was like a mush ball. Who's baby Ruth? Uh, well, yeah, I mean, uh, <laughs> uh, but 
I, I can remember when I, I first started playing Little League Baseball, and I was amazed at how far the ball went because it was like a new ball, you know, and it was wound <laughs> tight, and I was like, I'm good. You know, look how far <laughs> that ball just went. Uh, you know, it was, it was a different thing. Uh, Coach, I can pull that ball. Yeah, there you go. Uh, yeah, my motto. Uh, the uh, but so I, it was more. It was more or less the condition of the ball. How long more, they yeah, let it stay Yeah, more than play. anything. Yeah. So we get to 1930, which is known as the year of the hitter. Um, was the baseball in 1930 a little more? amped up than usual i mean what it what attributes to this year this amazing year in hitting of which has never been rivaled ever again not anything close uh not anything close and i have no idea i have no idea <laughs> and uh, that's our I, show I, ladies I, and gentlemen thank you, you so go. much good Except luck go look it up it is secular i mean it's like looking at 1968 and why was that such a great year for the pitcher you know where dave mcnally is like better than lefty grove uh the uh there it uh but 1930 19 in 1930 the national league hit over 300 the national <laughs> league hit 303 uh every team in the national league hit over 300 uh <laughs> Now, at that time, there's only, what, seven teams? No, eight teams. There are eight there teams. There are eight teams. Don't count them short. In <laughs> uh, that year, the Giants, Bill Terry hits 401. Uh, 401. Uh, Freddie Lindstrom hit, uh, hits 379 and, like, 22 home runs and stuff. Mel Ott hits 349. Those are on the Giants. They all hit over 100 RBIs. Uh, Hack Wilson on the Cubs, that has the most RBIs in baseball history, 191. He also hits 356, 56 home runs. He's only 5'5". Five, five. Uh, he's called high-balling Hack Wilson because he had several highballs before every game. Uh, he was drunk before every game, and he's has the most RBIs in history. Uh, on that same team, Gabby Harnett hits 339 and uh, 37 home runs. Uh, Kai Kai Kyler hits 355. Uh, Rig Stevenson, the leadoff hitter, is 367. These, we don't, all of these stats run away with the batting uh, championships today. Uh, the Cardinals, every starter hit over 303. Every starter. Uh, the, where, where were the uh, real quick? Where were the pitchers at in this this season in 1930? Were there any 20 game runners? I mean, was uh, it George Earnshaw, uh, Lefty Grove? There were some. Yeah, uh, but did anybody have a sub three ERA? <laughs> yeah, I, I think so. Uh, I'm not. Sh- I, I couldn't give you all those numbers. I, I know the Phils had two guys hit over 380. When's the last time you heard of anybody hitting over 380? I, Babe yeah. Herman. On the Brooklyn Robins, they weren't the Brooklyn Dodgers yet. They were the Robins. Uh, he hit 393, he hit 35 home runs, and 135 RBIs. Ask once during that season why he wouldn't slide into second base. He hit 393, but he was called out several times at second base because he wouldn't slide. And he said because he always kept his good cigars in his back pocket. Nice. Uh, nice. The, uh, 
the Pirates had uh, both Wayner brothers and Pi Trainer. They all hit in the 360s. I mean, it was, it's never been anything like it. Uh, that's the National League. The American League, you got Ruth and Garrick and Earl Combs and Al Simmons and all these guys hitting 390. And, uh, so what happens the year after this? It was, we- still, it was still good. You have uh, Jimmy Fox hitting 58 home runs and 31 and stuff, but it, it decreases a little bit. That's also when you have Lefty Grove winning 31 games. Uh, and uh, the pitchers, I mean, it was a secular thing. Sure, I think the the ball was wound tighter in 1930. I truly believe this, as a, because of the stock market fall in 1929. I think that baseball has always tried to have an imprint on American life that it wasn't quite able to have, but still having a tremendous imprint. Uh, and I think. Somebody in baseball said, we need to score more runs, uh, so <laughs> we'll wind this ball you know, tighter than an uh, Iowa gooseberry. <laughs> I was going to go with African drumhead. But... Actually, I have no idea how tight an <laughs> Iowa gooseberry would be wound. It doesn't even seem like it would be wound, but it sounded nice. It, it did. That was great. The, your literary side just shone right there like a diamond or like the blood moon that we're having tonight. But... Um, it, it is rather amazing. We've talked about the art of baseball. Baseball is an art and its relationship to things beyond just the game and being a game. How these uh, shifts in baseball, these cycles, either coincide with important moments in American history or they are um, they just seem appropriate beyond one measure for example 1968 the the famous year of the pitcher comes down to the greatest pitcher of that year pitching three games in the world series and ultimately losing to the 30 game winner on the tigers and that's considered the last pure world he series lost of all time. yeah not to mclean not right to McLean. okay he lost to Lulich. um but that comes down to sorry no no you're right to correct um that it, it, it that's considered the last pure world series the very next year oh, really mhm because it's you know because there are no, uh, there's divisions. no divisions yeah okay yeah many 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 writers have written that that was the last pure world series where okay. you know the regular season mattered the most and then the strike happens in the first year of all this wild card and then right after that you've got the steroid era and the home run chase and um you know, it, it just, yeah, it just coincides almost beautifully. And, and, and uh, you know, the 20s are known as the Roaring 20s, and that's the, the decade of offense. So, I don't know. That and five bucks will get you a latte at Starbucks. But there you go. it is pretty amazing. And isn't it nice what Starbucks is doing for their baristas? Isn't that what they're called? You know, that are going to college this year. Oh, I, I haven't heard of this. They're, what are they doing? Doing all sorts of uh, tremendous scholarships and stuff, and paying thousands and thousands of dollars. I'm well. They've always been ranked as a, one of the Forbes best com- hundred best companies to work for. So, yeah, all right, if go. ever you get tired at your job at Richards, just walk across the parking lot to the to the the super fantastic. Uh, what is it? The the trophy wife Starbucks. Yeah, it's <laughs> a trophy wife Starbucks. <laughs> um, so. Um, do you, uh, ever foresee, cause it, you know, it, 
that happened without any any uh, notion of performance enhancing anything. Do you think baseball would ever go back in, in that dramatic of a shift back towards the hitter, given how careful we are in this day and age about people cheating, cheating the cheating the numbers, if you will? There are some balls, if they are wound really tight, that can be driven like super balls. Uh, when there some balls that you can hit that just go further than they should. And this has happened in Major League history. And it has, like, through the first third of the season, put a, like, whoa, we're going to have, like, the greatest offensive year ever. And then Major League Baseball changes the balls that uh, different that different teams get, that all teams get in the second third of the season and where they're just not traveling as much. They're not wound as tightly or, or however. Uh, I, I think that there is too much control from above to have a tremendous shift like we had in 1930 or 1968 or, uh, and, and certainly 1920 uh, to have. And there have been other years that have been uh, really seminal shifts in the way the game is played. 1941, 1939, 1975. There have been years and years and years that have been uh, that have had uh, a tremendous difference in the way we have viewed baseball and the way it has been played uh, on a major league and a minor league level. Uh, are those years going to continue? Sure, sure. Is life going to continue? Yeah, yeah. You know. Yeah. It's, it's- it's hard to argue that point on any level. You know, something that's um, lost in in the the late twenties and thirties is just how good the athletics were. You know, considering that they're uh, going toe to toe with the murderers' row of the Yankees. Uh, I wasn't prepared to talk about this, but I know that the uh, as good as the Yankees were with Ruth and Garrigan, and Earl Combs and Bill Dickey and. Koenig and all, all Lazari and all of these people in Murderer's Row, uh, Bob Musial, uh, the Phillies, all right, not the Phillies, uh, the A's had Jimmy Fox and uh, Mickey Cochran and uh, Al Simmons and uh, B, uh, what was that? Guy? Bing, 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 Bing Miller. There you go. I got him. Crosby? No, no. Uh, Bing Bing Crosby owned the Pirates then. He owned the Pirates. He and Bob Hope owned the Pirates, were partial owners of the Pirates in the 30s. There you go. Uh, Now we have Magic Johnson as partial owners. Not of the Pirates. No, Uh, no, definitely uh, not. And I'd rather hear Bing Crosby sing the American Songbook than I would... uh, Magic Johnson. Uh, Magic Johnson. Yeah. That's a that's a good that's a good call on that. And right now, I don't even know what we're talking about. The athletics. Oh, and yeah. You, well, you the think athletics about and Lefty Grove and go, goes on and on and on. Well, you got. It's just amazing that you know they they don't get hardly any recognition and on a on a national scale, and yet there are the Yankees of Babe Ruth and Gehrig, and they, you know, the the athletics threepeat in twenty nine, thirty, and thirty one. Uh, uh, the athletics then became the Kansas City Athletics, and now they're the Oakland Athletics. They don't give any. Uh, when you think of Philadelphia and baseball, you think of the Phillies. 
Yeah. You don't think of the A's. Uh, they lose what was the A. I mean, that's just a footnote to history now. Yeah, it is. And it's kind of incredible. So, well, Coach, thank you. Uh, what are you looking forward to most, starting with uh, game one on Friday of the ALCS? Pulling for the American League uh, all the way. I, you know, yeah. And there you go. There you go. There you have it. Well, thank you all for listening. As always, check us out on SoundCloud or iTunes. Search Running the Bases, and uh, we will see you next week. Coach, thank you very much. Thank you, Tucker. All right. Have a good night. Good night.